Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And a special shout out to our presenting sponsors who've paid no money and can easily be replaced. The Powell family, because they are the most <laughs> active on Twitter. So uh, we appreciate their support and uh, welcome them into the Ben and Matt Sportscast advertising family for no money. That's right. That's right. Yes. So uh, we're going to start where all of the world of sports coverage seems to go, which is Money Grab Mayweather is taking mm-hmm. on Conor McGregor in what should be a really expensive fight to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think, um, I don't know if this was planned this way, but probably it was. Um, you know, topic we're going to talk about a little later is that, you know, the NBA and the NHL have both come to a close and. Obviously, you know, football's uh, still a little bit way off in the future. And um, and so the sports world is is searching for something to talk about. And there's a lot of shows that have stuff to talk about. Certainly this fight getting announced when it did, uh, you know, has, has fed that beast um, because this is, this is much more spectacle than it is um, true competition, I think. And, but, you know, that's, that's what we look for nowadays. It drives, uh, drives people's reactions and, so here we are. So I'll, I'll start with the thing that I posted on Twitter. Follow the podcast. You all do because there's only five of you uh, at Ben yep. and Matt Pod. But the Dan Raphael, who's ESPN's number one boxing writer, suggested that there's not going to be much of a contest in terms of ability. So no titles on the line. We must right. just be here for the money. Which makes perfect well, sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's money on the part of the participants, uh, certainly, and and on the part of Las Vegas. And um, you know, you heard for for months, you know, uh, this would never get sanctioned. Well, you know, Nevada knows where the money is, and and uh, they got a lot, but you could never have enough. Um, uh, so it's certainly that, and I think on the part of of you know the viewing public, and this is something I'll be interested to see. How well does this fight do? Yeah, it will warm my heart if this fight is a bust as far as buys and, and revenue. I, I'm not confident that it's going to be, um, but it will. I'll feel good about the state of, of society if people tune this out in droves because it's, it's just a sham. It's, it's nothing more than a way to put two big personalities together, even though they don't really participate in the same sport. We're going to play off that going to play off the obvious racial undertones of white guy versus black guy and and we're going to drive traffic with something that really doesn't mean anything yeah i mean for me i will probably watch it but i i watched the joseph klitschko fight on just regular you know premium cable and that was a great fight that was tremendous um right this won't be Mayweather's no, not, well, I mean, it, you know, Mayweather's not going to knock out McGregor, and McGregor's not going to touch Mayweather. That, I, I predict that this is a worse fight than De La Hoya Mayweather. <laughs> yeah, you know. and Pacquiao Mayweather. I mean, that's the thing. Mayweather's kind of an enigma because he's uh, he's a very entertaining personality. You know, outside the ring, he attracts people's interest, whether they love him or hate him, and a lot of people hate him, um, but in ring he's really not that entertaining you know i mean he's not a he's not an odell beckham where you know it's like oh man that guy's charismatic he's entertaining and my god on the field he's just as entertaining 
Um, you know, it's not that. His fights are relatively boring. He's good, but he's boring good. I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, the criticism that used to be leveled at the San Antonio Spurs. You know, yeah, they're good, but they're not interesting. Um, and he, he's kind of that. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what this illustrates to me, and I think we talked about this back when this fight was just being discussed, is the sad state of boxing now that this is the marquee fight we could come up with. We're so lacking in marquee names in boxing that we've got to go get a UFC guy to fight a guy who's been retired for what, a couple years um, since his last fight. Uh, you know, that's, that's all we got. Well, but that's the thing is it's boxing has become very much a niche sport now. And if you like, if you like, you like, bo- like boxing, if you like sure. spectacles, then then this yeah. is what this is what this is for. This is a spectacle. Yeah. This is not a good. Yeah, fight. it is. It is. It's it's. Uh, I mean, you're right. There are good fighters, but but none of those fighters seem to draw um, widespread interest. You know, if you're if you're a uh, you know a boxing guy, uh, then yeah, I mean, you're gonna you know, but but it's it's um, you know it's sort of like not to this extent, but golf's kind of in this position right now. You know, golf people. People who golf, people who cover golf, they say, oh, we're fine, man. We got Roy McIlroy. We got Jordan Spieth, blah, 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 blah. Well, the general public at large doesn't care about them the way they cared about Tiger Woods. Now, golf's not in the boat that boxing is, but it's just to draw that parallel. Like, you know, you need those dynamic personalities, and right now boxing's really lacking in them. Um, and, and, it's, and it's, you know, of course, there's so many other things about boxing that have contributed to this, but... You know, a, a big time personality. There just aren't many. Mayweather's about the only one left, and again, he he really isn't even an active fighter anymore. He hasn't fought for quite a while. Well, and the thing is, this is being driven a lot on. They're both heels. Like, I'm yes. not gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna root for Mayweather, but I don't like McGregor. I don't like his no, personality no, either. No, they are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they really are. You're right. If you put it in the wrestling parlance, they, they are both, um, you know, big and brash and, and uh, you know, villainous type of characters. Um, you know, I, I will tell you, I will pledge this right now. You can feel free to bring it back on me on August 25th. Um, I will not spend a single dollar of my own money on this. If uh, somebody, you know, wants to pay the fight, wants to... Uh, you know, throw a party or something like that. I may attend, but that's highly unlikely. Um, but I will not contribute any money toward this because I just think it's a it's a ridiculous thing that's even happening. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm train wreck, car accident interested. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah, I I will. If Which it, I get. If I mean, I'm, a lot of people if it's will. near me, I will see it. I a hundred dollars is ridiculous. If I can't find a group oh, of people. God. To, to go in on this with where it's 20 bucks yeah. or less for me i'm not doing it right no no i mean yeah that's that's just insane and like i said i i'm i'm hopeful not optimistic but hopeful that people will will tune out in droves that that a lot of people will say this is ridiculous uh i you know i'm not spending that money on that um I hope. I hope that's the case. I hope this fight comes off, and then we look at the numbers the next week, and we think, man, this was a huge bust. That would be good. But, I, you know, to where the word you used was correct. People have a insatiable desire for train wreck. 
um, they just they they love it, and and uh, and they have a desire for spectacle and big personality. And again, I, I you know I do believe um, you know that, that race plays a part in this. Not to go all you know Stephen A. Smith or Bumani Jones, but you know certainly uh, that will be a factor in why some people care about this. I I will say this: I, I am hopeful that McGregor wins. Not because I like McGregor, but I like the idea that Mayweather, who protected his undefeated legacy right. to, to the tune of not fighting Pacquiao until he was well past his prime, right. not fighting De La right. Hoya until he was well past his prime. I, I hope that Mayweather, with uh, you know, going against the guy with no boxing experience, no skill, really, when it comes to boxing that we've ever seen right. demonstrated, I hope he gets knocked out. I hope it's an embarrassment, I mean, and I hope he tarnishes his legacy. Wouldn't that be, uh, uh, you know, a huge black mark though for boxing in general if, if you're you know if you're top dog number one guy uh for the last you know decade or so really gets beat by a guy who does i mean that that would be like but you he's, know but he's not anymore and that's my point this is no he's not you know, anymore, this is george but, but, foreman I mean, fighting into his 50s like we you know true true agree <laughs> but but i mean I, I guess this would be like um you know the the you know golden state warriors challenging the division three national champions and then they lose and be like you know under nba rules and be like well oh my god that doesn't speak very well for the nba if the best team in the nba you know i mean I, or or you know i've heard this on on radio this morning this is a little like you know the warriors challenging the new england patriots uh, i mean that's what this is this is two different sports um you know it's just it's just stupid to me i just find it stupid um, you know, we've spent the last 10 minutes talking about it, so we're playing right into what they want. But, you know, talk is cheap, as they say, and I will I will not forfeit any of my dollars on that. I heard someone on TV say, if you're going to spend your money on it, just go ahead and burn it. That'd be a better use of it. And I completely agree with that. I mean, for me, as, as, a, as a jaded cynic, which I think you could also fall into this category, it, no, is, sure. sort of, it is sort of refreshing that both fighters – basically said they only want to do this fight for money. They don't really... Neither sure, of them really sure. cares to win. Like, no, that, that's the no, thing that's I mean, most distressing is they, they could show up and just sit in the corner for 38 yeah. minutes and yeah, we could go yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Dan Patrick made the point this morning that, you know, is this, is this a way for McGregor to get out of UFC maybe earlier than... He normally would. I guess you, you know, you get this giant payday, and and you know he's already lost there, so it's not like he's invincible by any means. So you know he takes a takes a loss, he makes a ton of money, and he he goes away, you know, to to you know spend that money and do something else. He doesn't have to continue to get beat up for a living. So yeah, I mean, there's there's very good chance of that. Now you know Mayweather, the undefeated thing is so to him. Um, you know, I heard somebody today suggest, you know, well, let's prevent him from throwing this fight, then they can have a rematch. I don't see that because that's such a big part of his identity, uh, you know. But boxing think, always plays into conspiracy theory, so you know it'll get thrown out there if by chance he loses. I think you have at least as good a chance uh, of him throwing the fight as you have of McGregor getting DQ'd for tackling him. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I sort of it's, trust it's, that they um, both won't do the thing that would, you know, be crazy, but it's possible, I guess. It's on the table. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, 
we'll see. You want to give people something to talk about for the next months when there isn't a lot to talk about in that span. Um, you know, unless you're a, a real football big time fan and you, you know, get into fall practices and, and you know, preseason games. Um, between now and then, there really isn't a whole lot. You know, we're well, in the midst of baseball season, and that's, baseball. that's it. So, yeah. yeah, but, but you know, I mean, the, the mid-season baseball doesn't, uh, you know, sort of like what we talk, it doesn't drive a lot of traffic. You know, you don't get a lot of, a lot of big-time stories about baseball until, you know, September and really October. You know, it's the season, so it's a little, I mean, every sport has kind of fallen into that pattern except football. That until the postseason, you know, the, the public at large and the media kind of just, you know, tunes them out and catches up when the playoffs start. That's absolutely true. We're going to pivot now and talk about the wrapped-up NBA playoffs and the wrapped-up NHL playoffs. But first, a special shout-out to Pat Richardson, who said he was going to write fake advertisements for us to read and has not come through yet on that promise. I assume that by guilting him among people who could text him to berate him, Will not move the needle at all, based on our, you know, nearly two decades of knowing each other at this point. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there, see if there's a little pressure that we can apply. Because it'd be really fun here to do a fake ad for some BS thing that he came up with. And he's a clever guy. I'm sure it'd be really good. But I don't have anything, so I'm just going to vamp and then pivot into the NBA playoffs. So, Matt... The Golden State Warriors didn't sweep the Cavs, but a gentleman's sweep in five games. Yeah, I mean, I was glad to see them, them uh, the Cavs get a game, uh, you know, and obviously was was hoping they could continue to push the series. And, you know, game three is the one that, I, you know, really uh, signals the, the, you know, the decider of the series in some ways because they, you know, they had a six-point lead late in the game. Um, Could have won that. Now, does game four play out the same way if, if they win game three? Possibly not. You know, I always hate playing that game because you never know how a team treats the next game if they lost as compared to Golden State winning. But, but you know, they could have had the series even, and then we would have been talking about a, a different scenario. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, they won. Give them credit. Um, Durant played extremely well. Uh, no arguing that. He's a great, great player. Um, I will tell you, it felt a little hollow to me. Um because I, I think it would have meant it would have felt a lot bigger if he'd done it with Oklahoma City. It just um, it since since he signed there, I felt like he was taking a shortcut and and going sixteen and one through the playoffs does nothing to change my mind. Yeah, although as we've talked about, when you're judging these guys at the end of their careers, he'll no one will be able to say that he never won a title. You know, you can't no, take no, that away and, from him. No, no, and you know, I mean, realistically, uh, and now I will say, um, you know, I. The, the uh, handing of the next, you know, two, three, four titles to them is kind of funny to me because, you know, we do this all the time. Team wins the title. They're, they're good and they're young. Therefore, they're going to win the next, you know, however many. It doesn't always work that way. But, you know, you look at it and, and it's not a stretch to think that if this team stays together, they can certainly win at least one or two more, you know, if not, if not more than that. And, yeah, I mean, when it's all said and done, he's probably going to have multiple rings and multiple finals MVPs or MVPs. And, you know, look, an all-time great player. There's no questioning that. He's, he's you know, I don't know where he's going to rank when it's said and done right now. I think he's clearly one of the best three or four in the league. Um, it just felt a little, little cheap to me. And I do not compare it to LeBron winning in Miami um, because Miami was not, a, was not a finished product by any when he got there. Um, it took some work. And you saw it. You saw them struggle 
in that first year and even into the second year. You know, they were on the ropes in 2012 against the Celtics um, and came back to win that series and win the title. So, you know, you saw them have to earn it, and Golden State, just, it just felt easy. Yeah, I mean, I, I come down on it with sort of a begrudging respect for the fact that the front office of Golden State was able to put these guys together. Now, I do think that people are sort of underselling how important it was that they signed Curry right after the ankle injuries and then for some miracle of Under Armour technology, his ankles are fine. He, he, yeah, he got healthy and, and turned into a, you know, an MVP. And I mean, I think even back when they signed him, you know, certainly the injury played into it, but nobody expected him to be this good. You know, it was, oh, if he could stay healthy, he could be pretty good. You didn't think he was going to be one of the best players in the league. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it was a fine day. You know, it's it was kind of the perfect storm of elements that allowed this team to get put together when, you know, you had uh, Curry making much less money than a player of his caliber should uh, and normally would. You know, you, you drafted Curry and Thompson and Green, so that allows you to go over the cap to keep them because you got their rights. And, and then, you know, uh, the salary cap exploded. And so even though Thompson and Green were making pretty good money, they had money to spend on Kevin Durant. They took advantage of it. Yeah. I, I bet the league so, wishes I mean, they would have smoothed out that salary cap bump. I would think, yeah. I mean, it, you know, this is this is one of those um, scenarios where you just you wonder long-term effects of this. I, I'm not one of those, you know, and there are people who, do, you know, gloom and doom, this is going to be the end of the NBA as we know it. I, you know, we always overstate that kind of stuff. Um but, you know, you, you want there to be competition. The NBA is the league of dynasties and dominant teams, always has been. But there's always been that threat that somebody could beat them. In yeah, the Jordan I mean, years, it was Utah and Houston and, and New York and Indiana. You know, you had teams that were good enough to, yeah. to make it tough on them. The and Celtics and the Lakers year, had each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and through the, you know, through the 2000s, you know, the Lakers good for a long period. But so were the Spurs. Um, you know, the Kings had a period where they bubbled up and were really good. The Pistons. Uh, the Nets made back, to, you know, the Pistons won a title and got to another finals. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it, it's, um, you know, you just, you want competition. You want to feel like teams have a chance. The NBA has never been a league, will never be a league, where every team goes into the year thinking they can win the title. It's just not the way the league is. Um, you know, it's not, it's not going to be. But you want there to be, you know, five to ten teams that you think, that team could win the title if things break right. And unless something radically changes with the roster makers, there's probably only one or two and maybe only one that you feel that way about next season. And that's not, that's not good for the league. I agree. I think uh, my curiosity is going to come down with this Warriors team to what do Draymond Green and Clay Thompson do? Because I think the yeah. Warriors will now, for as long as they can, hitch their wagon to Durant and Curry together. Sure, um, sure. I, I agree. And Clay Thompson has two titles now. He's yep. a third or fourth banana on a team that's going to be a favorite. If, he, if they win next year, do you think he decides, you know, I, I'm not interested in being – Horace Grant, I I want to go somewhere where I'm at least Scotty, if not MJ. Sure. I mean, it certainly would not be surprising. You know, it's, 
this is what happens with teams and and you know Pat Riley you know brought brought that term to life you know 30 some years ago about the disease of more and everybody wants a little bit more and a little bit more for themselves you know um, and when you win you know everybody starts to kind of look around and think well why am I playing second fiddle or third fiddle to this guy uh, you know I, I'm good enough to be the man and sometimes you are most of the time you're not but guys have egos and and they think they're better than they are and they you know and they want it. They want that money. They want that attention. They want the praise, all those things. So, yeah, I mean, eventually I think that will happen. Draymond Green is such a, uh, you know, mental case as it is that it's hard for me to believe he's going to stay content with any scenario for that long. Um, and, and you know, Clay Thompson has – Clay Thompson's been the one guy who's kind of been out there like, hey, I'm not, I'm not sacrificing my shots for Kevin Durant. You know, Steph Curry kind of took a step back. And Clay Thompson was pretty, you know, pretty out there last offseason, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be who I am. And, you know, it's great to have Durant, but I'm going to get my shot. And so you can already, you know, feel the seeds of discontent bubbling there. And, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they happen eventually. In fact, it would surprise me if it doesn't. Speaking of, you know, resident malcontents, I neglected to mention Kevin Brady, and I feel like he would be upset if we made it more than 20 minutes without hearing his name. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to say his name. I don't really have any follow-up, but Kevin Brady, here's to you. Um, yeah. Now, when we talk about moving forward and the league, you know, I saw the piece about could one of the NBA unicorns, you know, somehow create a team that could stop the Warriors, whether it be right. Carl Anthony Towns, Giannis, or Porzingis. And sure. I just think we're just too early, and it's one of those things where this is going to be sort of like how you never got MJ Kobe because one was winding right. down when the other was just starting up. I don't, you know, I don't think we're near the end of Curry and Durant's careers by any stretch, but I do think that we are not close to the peak for Towns, Antetokounmpo, or Agreed. Porzingis, and I and Agreed. I just don't think yeah. we'll have a moment. Yeah. You know, LeBron, you know, is at the end of his peak, but he's there. And you can sure. see how we're, we're, we're getting that battle. I don't know if yeah. we'll have this at the end of Durant-Curry that the other guys will be there. And I don't think players like Anthony Davis or Boogie Cousins will get to the level where it matters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of very intriguing young talent in the league. You know, there really is. I mean, you mentioned some names. Andrew Wiggins is another one. You know, comes to mind, and you got Wiggins and Towns on the same team. That's a team I'd like to see take a step forward next year, at least get to the playoffs. Um, you know, and Anthony Davis certainly it'd be nice to see him get back at the playoffs. But, but yeah, I mean that's that's part of of the way the NBA is now is that these guys come in and it takes several years for them to be great because they come in at nineteen, and and you know it takes until your late twenties before you really hit your stride. Seeing with Kevin Durant. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant's been good for several years, but he's gotten a lot better at, you know, 27, 28, 29 than he was at 22 or 23. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, you've got this, you know, rising group, but it's it's going to take a little bit of time. They, you know, they have to learn how to win. Um, you know, young young teams don't usually win in the NBA. You need, you need you know, veteran experience, and, and uh, you know, some of those guys are a ways away from being that. That is absolutely true. Um, 
the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. I called that. I, I knew that was going to happen due to my vast seconds of NHL watching before yep. the Stanley yep. Cup playoffs yep. started. I know. I think, I think back in April you said Penguins over Nashville, six games. And I said, oh, that's a, that's a bold pick. And boy, if you weren't dead on. Yeah, I, I was really feeling it. I mean, you could go back and listen, yeah. but just take our word for it that I had this nail sure. from the jump. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't it might have been that you just said Penguins would win. I don't know. I can't really remember for sure. Yeah, it, it was implied, though, that it would be in six yeah. against the Predators. Um, right. I, I think we all knew that when I said it. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it's exciting that we got here. It's exciting that uh, the NHL playoffs are done. The Steel City gets to enjoy a, another championship. It's like being a fan in Boston, basically. Yep. You just all you do is win. You're tired of the winning. So that brings us to the Arizona State portion of our program. So everyone who isn't Matt or I can just go ahead and click off right now. But uh, ASU decided not to extend Todd Graham. Uh, his contract had a provision in it where. Every year, it would automatically renew to be an evergreen five-year contract, which keeps the buyout provision at a certain number. And this year, Ray Anderson and the administration decided not to roll over the contract for the fifth year. It lowers his buyout number, so if somehow this team were to come out of nowhere and win a national title or something, he could go to a bigger place for less money, but... This is good, one of those good moves. problem if that happens. Yeah. yeah, this is one of those things where it, it had to be done because they're not performing well, and you can't no. box the university into being obligated for four more years after this. At least now, if they yeah. have a down year, yeah. it's three, and if not, you can always go right back to five. Yeah, I mean, look, you and I have talked. We're going to talk more as the season approaches and as it goes on. Uh, you know, I I feel like you know anything. 500 or worse and he has to go that was three straight years of 500 or worse and that that's just unsustainable especially when you set the bar high and and the bar was set high by him i like that i'm never going to criticize that but then you have to live up to that bar and and the last two years he hasn't done that so to me this was a no-brainer yeah i mean you 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 don't extend the contract of a guy who goes into the year very much on the hot seat absolutely and ASU is projected to finish fifth in the South ahead of Arizona and behind everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's not wrong based on what ASU's put on the field the last couple of years. I mean, this, this team has to show improvement. Uh, You know, I, I texted you over the weekend and told you, you know, I was looking at the schedule and, you know, we'll, we'll dive much deeper into that as time goes on and we get closer to the season. But, um, yeah, there's a tough. I mean, there's there's a very tough stretch, beginning with week five against Stanford, that there's not much let up. You know, you got Stanford at on the road, then you got Washington at home, at Utah, USC at home, Colorado at home. That's a five week stretch where you're playing two teams at home who are probably going to be in the preseason top ten. Uh, Stanford and Utah will probably be preseason top twenty five teams, and they're on the road. We know the struggles we've had on the road the last two years. And then Colorado, which won the Pac-12 South last year, probably will come back to earth a little, but still a good program uh, or, you know, a good team on the way to being a good program. Uh, That's tough. So then you look at that, you know, those opposite ends of the schedule, a little more gettable, but nothing, nothing to given. You got road games at Texas Tech, UCLA, Oregon State. None of those are easy. 
Uh, Oregon has obviously had our number. I'm hoping that's a game we can win, but they've had our number for a long time. And then Zona, not to mention San Diego State, that, you know, that it's, there's not a lot of easy wins unless this team improves markedly from where they've been the last two years. Yeah, it's going to be an addition by subtraction sort of thing with the secondary, although if we were picking guys to lose, I would not have picked our surest tackler back there in Armand Perry. Um, right, right. And I wouldn't have picked our top or widely considered consensus top cover man in Kareem Moore. Top but, cover guy. But you know what? That's why they went and got Phil Bennett, to fix just yeah, this sort of I mean, thing. These are the guys we have. And, and you know, yeah, it's tough to lose, you know, a guy who, who tires due to injury and a guy who transfers kind of somewhat out of nowhere, or at least, you know, from a fan perspective, it was out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, you look, it's, it's, it's year six for Todd Graham. I'm, I'm correct in that, right? I'm losing track. But he had three good years, two bad years, so it would be year six. You've got to have the, the players in reserve. And if you don't, then you haven't done a good enough job of stocking the program, and then we need to find somebody who can. So, you know, I, um, I mean, this, this, again, it was obvious to me. When I read the headline, I thought, well, that, that should be as obvious as, you know, a story that says, man, it's going to be hot in Phoenix in June. Yep, it is. And no, he does not deserve an extension on contract right now. It's going to be interesting to see what the team looks like just from a general ethos of the team. You know, we've been a well-disciplined team, except we give up big plays, but penalty-wise we've been a well-disciplined mm-hmm. team. Sure. And I'm wondering if, you know, it's going to reflect more of what Baylor was, which is a little yeah. more aggressive a little more penalties, but more substance. I don't think this offense yeah. is going to look like Baylor's. I, I hope it does. No. Um, no, I don't think so either. I mean, we're we're not, you know, we're not coming in with the with that system. Um, I'm curious how this offense is going to look because you know, you know, this is a departure from the offensive scheme. Of, you know, I think at least what we've had the, the last five years. Um, he might run a lot of similar concepts. Don't really know. He, you know, he's not from the same coaching tree exactly that that Norvell and Lindsay were uh, so I'm curious about that you know um, but yeah I mean defensively it's it's just got to get better it doesn't matter how good your offense is um, our offense was pretty good last year that wasn't the problem you know we we scored enough points to win most of the games we lost but we couldn't stop anybody you know you go to Oregon and you score 35 points with a true freshman quarterback that should be enough to win but it wasn't anywhere close because we couldn't get any stops so, um, that, you know, this, that's what it comes down to. The quarterback will be the sexy item to talk about. It always is. Um, but can we, can we improve significantly on defense? If not, we're looking at probably six and six at best. Because, again, that schedule's daunting. I started looking at it, and I'm thinking, boy, I'm having a hard time coming up with eight wins like I wanted to. We're going to need a lot of production out of the receiving core because I, I think that the running game is going to need, you know, it's going to just need to be three yards in a cloud of dust. I know these guys are talented and they're seniors, and we've done a lot to get in this position, but the offensive line scares me, and I feel like the running game is just going to have to be there to keep teams honest so they're not just blitz-happy against whoever's back yeah. in the pocket, whether it's Barnett or yeah. Wilkins. Right, which will be interesting, too, you know, who, who that is and, and how much they run that guy. Um, you know, don't don't know. Is this going to be an offense that does a lot of quarterback runs or not? 
Um, some of that might dictate who actually wins the job, uh, what, you know, what they want the quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, the offense is going to have to be good. I mean, uh, you know, again, as I say, the defense is the key. The defense is the key in the sense that it needs to be average. It's not going to be great. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I suppose there's always that real small chance that things just turn around completely and we're just dominant. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it, you know, it's it's gonna it needs to be average, and then the offense needs to be pretty good, and that's how this team can overachieve the expectations that have been set. Absolutely. Well, we'll have plenty of so time we, to break into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll do our our deep dive into the game by game and all of that, and hopefully, I'll feel more optimistic by then. But it was a little sobering opening up the college football magazine, looking at that schedule. I'd seen it before, but I started thinking, well, let's see, you know, and I'm thinking, well, maybe we could start 4-0. That doesn't seem crazy. But after that, I'm having a hard time finding a, a lot of wins that I feel confident about. And that 4-0 is not a cinch by any means. Yeah, I really am not confident in going to Lubbock. No, I mean, that, that again, is where your defense comes into play. It's very hard to win, you know, an arena football type of shootout on the road. Texas Tech fat out here last year. You know, your offense can only do so much. You have to get some stops. Defense travels better than offense does. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's they're not a great team by any means. They're a team kind of at, at our level in the Big 12, at least preseason expectation-wise. But you know they can score points. And you know we've had a real hard time stopping teams from scoring points, especially away from home. And that's going to have to get fixed. Because, again, you play UFC in Washington at home, you can't count on winning those games. You're going to have to win some away from home for this season to be good. They're going to need a lot of help. They're going to need to grow yeah. up. They're going to need to mature. They're going to need, you know, we look, I give Ty Graham credit. We spent a lot of our equity in the recruiting process on defensive backs, but sure. this isn't like the NFL where you go heavy on defensive back and you expect these guys to show up day one. These are still 18 year old right. kids who mostly you assumed would redshirt or play on special teams. Yeah, and, but I don't think they're going to have that luxury, unfortunately. Yeah. that's You know, you're right. It's not like the NFL where you expect that, but that's going to be the expectation for some of them because, you know, they're just, you know, there's there's been a lot of attrition at that spot and not a lot of depth in previous years' recruiting classes. That's why we were in the spots we were last year somewhat. And you lose a couple guys you expected back. So, yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to probably have multiple true freshmen either as starters or very significant players on that defense, especially at secondary. So this going to have to grow with them. You know, I mean, uh, there's going to be bumps, but there were bumps the last couple years too. We just need to, we just need to reduce the bumps. They're not going to go away completely. We just got to have less of them. Absolutely. Well, we'll break it all down once the players actually start practicing. A lot of guys have reported there's a, you know, a lot of Twitter postings. The kids from Saguaro all moved in to their housing. Yeah. And, you know, I know Evan Fields is on campus and some of the other freshmen have made it. But there, there's a lot of time between now and then, and we'll fill it with random commentary right. about whatever's going on in the world of sports not the real world that's god, right god no we're not gonna talk about the no. real world that is not what we do you here. don't come here for that i don't come here for that no i prefer to talk about fiction and yes. sports in whatever yes. order and yes. comedy fiction right. not scary fiction <laughs> right exactly yes yeah so it's gonna be a long summer we're gonna fill it until next time he's matt i'm ben it's the ben and